Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fuglesang Podcast. Welcome one and all to Progress After Dark, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. Uh, it's been a ian Rific kind of evening here for us. Let me tell you, we've had to do some scrambling at the last minute to get the broadcast going. Hurricane Ian, well, when it hits South Carolina, it affects all levels of this show. We learned that tonight, but we're on the air. We're glad you're with us. And hello to everyone listening live, our evil army of the night. We invite you to join the conversation all night long at 866-997-4748. That's 866-997-GRIT. Tonight on the program, the great Juliet Jeske returns to join us. Juliet is uh, the person behind the account Decoding Fox News on Twitter. And what she does is uh, watch it and document everything all week long. And she gets paid to do it. It's a very strange job. And we're going to play our favorite clips of the week from Fox News to have a sampling of disinformation, double talk and jive, propaganda and rank fuckery for your listening pleasure. And for the next hour, your calls at 866-997-4748. Hello to everyone listening on demand and on SiriusXM's app and on the John Fuglesang podcast. Our day walkers, we love you very much. Uh, you can always write to us at johnfuglesang.com or our show's excellent Facebook page or on Twitter. We will read your comments and your questions and your jokes and your threats on the air happily. Chris Hauselt is not here with us tonight. Chris is in South Carolina and so is Ian. And Hurricane Ian hit South Carolina as a Category 1 storm, bringing a life-threatening Storm surge of four to seven feet. South Carolina is really going to get the brunt of the resurgent Ian, which uh, eventually landed near Georgetown, about 60 miles north of Charleston. Most of that was in Chris's front yard. They thought they had had it earlier today, but then tonight they lost power. Well, Chris lost power. There was a coup in his house, and uh, he's under house arrest now. But they also lost electricity. More than 277,000 customers are without power across the Carolinas, according to PowerOutage.us. And that number may have gone up in the last hour because Chris's lights went out in the last hour. So I'm... I, I got to give praise where it's due. Corey Kisluck, who's been helping us off and on while Thea's been away, is uh, going to be running this thing tonight. We are very grateful that Corey is bringing his expertise and his patience for dealing with uh, just an atrocious person to work with like me. Also, the great Matt Tomasetti, who some of you might remember from a little program called The Dino Badala Show and elsewhere here around uh, Sirius XM. Matt is uh, heroically going to be helping us with the phones tonight. When you call, be a gentleman to Mr. Tomasetti because he is one of the few gentlemen that works in this entire corporation. And if you're a lady, be a lady to him. Please make us proud. I'd like Matt to think our audience is more couth than Chris. So let's get to it. We're at 866-997-4748. The Storm's Center they think is going to go through Eastern Carolina and Central North Carolina tonight, tomorrow. Right now, the wind field in this resurgent Ian is more like a winter storm than a hurricane, they're saying, which means there could be more power outages well into inland Carolinas. Close to 900,000 Florida customers have had their power restored after Hurricane Ian. This whole week, while the hurricane was going across the southeast, Reporters repeatedly asked Governor Rhonda, Rhonda Santos, and President Biden about the politics of working with critical counterparts. Today was South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster's turn. How would you describe working with the Biden administration while you're preparing and they, 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 They've been uh, uh, helpful and cooperative. And as we all know, when, when there's, there's a hurricane, there's, there's no politics involved there. 
and everybody agrees that we want to keep everyone safe and protect people, help people recover as well. That's a man who's not going to announce he's running for president next year. See, it's interesting. As a freshman congressman in 2013, Ron DeSantis was pretty direct. A federal bailout for the New York area after Hurricane Sandy was fiscally irresponsible. He said it was a symbol of what he called it, the put it on the credit card mentality. And he came to Washington as a Tea Partier to oppose that sort of thing. And so Ron DeSantis voted against federal aid for New York after New York was pummeled by a terrible hurricane. And now DeSantis is on Tucker Carlson saying, as you know, we live in a very politicized time. And he said, but you know, when people are fighting for their lives, when their whole livelihood is at stake, when they've lost everything, if you can't put politics aside for that, then you're just not going to be able to. Ron DeSantis is very lucky the people of New York are kinder to him than he is to other people. And we'll get to more of that with Julia Jeske in hour two. Also, we talk a lot about music on the show, but normally I don't make the opening F-bomb rant deal with music too much. But tonight is an exception, and not just because it's Johnny Mathis's birthday. 25 years ago today, Bob Dylan released his greatest album, his only album to win the Grammy for Album of the Year. Unless you count Concert for Bangladesh, but he was just one little part of that. 25 years ago today, Bob Dylan released his best album. And it might surprise you to know that Bob Dylan's best album wasn't released in the 60s or the 70s. But yeah, 1997. That was the second album he produced with Daniel Lenoir called Time Out of Mind. Now, this was an interesting thing. If you're Gen X or, you know, whatever, Gen Y, millennial, Time Out of Mind was like blood on the tracks. He had had a heart scare in the summer of 1997. Bob Dylan had not released an album of new music in seven years, and a lot of people thought he was done. He was this weird old guy. He was touring, doing 100 shows a year, released a couple of albums of like old folk songs and blues songs and, and, you know, standards and gospel songs, just him on a guitar, charming, weird. He was done. And then we found out he had a heart attack. Well, it wasn't a heart attack. It was actually pericarditis. It was a swelling of the heart, and people thought he was going to die. Bob himself was on the cover of Newsweek saying, I almost went to see Elvis. But when he came out of the hospital, it was shortly thereafter revealed that he had recorded a brand new album. In fact, he'd been recording it for a while with Daniel Lenoir, the genius producer who had done The Joshua Tree for U2 and So for Peter Gabriel, so many great records for Willie Nelson and Robbie Robertson and Emmylou Harris. And they had done one album before together, this great record in New Orleans called Oh Mercy. So the album was released to universal acclaim. It was Bob Dylan was back and everybody loved it. The the record won the Grammy for album of the year. The song Cold Irons Bound won the Grammy for best male rock vocal. People were shocked. Dylan was back. My experience with the record was that I got it a couple weeks earlier. Someone at VH1 gave me a cassette and I got to listen to it on a car ride down to Virginia. And it was not like any Bob Dylan album before. It was post Nirvana, post grunge, post punk late 20th century, smoky New Orleans blues with delicate guitar playing. Bob sounded 100 years old on the record. It was definitely spooky. But then there were songs like Make You Feel My Love, which has been covered by Adele and Billy Joel and Garth Brooks. David Bowie covered Not Dark Yet, and so did Eric Clapton. Standing in the Doorway was covered by Chrissy Hind and Bonnie Raitt. And the album came to be considered a masterpiece. And at this point, the 90s is kind of like mid era Bob Dylan. So do yourself a favor this weekend and spend some time with Time Out of Mind, uh, a legendary record that, again, spooky, ethereal, funny, and no one knew at the time it was the beginning of the greatest late career resurgence of any major artist in recorded music that we've ever seen. Sinatra, nobody ever had a comeback like Bob Dylan had. Now let's move it a little closer to home because um, by home, I mean Russia. Are you paying attention to what's happening with Vladimir Putin? Because it's not pretty and it's not sane. Today, the dictator of Russia announced that Russia is going to annex Ukraine's Zaporizhia area and Donetsk, Luhansk, Kherson in this ceremony in the Grand Kremlin Palace. It was the most anti-American speech Vladimir Putin has ever given in public in his life. Now, (laughs) this has been a bad year for Vlad. We can talk about this, right? Vladimir Putin has made so many bad choices in 2022. Kanye West is giving him an intervention. Uh, He said, okay, go invade this country. (laughs) And it hasn't worked. And they've gotten their ass kicked by a much smaller country. 
And of course, he wanted to marginalize NATO. Instead, you've seen Finland join NATO. You've seen Sweden join NATO. And now his recent order to mobilize hundreds of thousands of unwilling Russian service members, maybe more than a million, and then holding these fake referendums in these partially occupied portions of Ukraine that they've taken by force. The bro doesn't know how to stop with the bad choices. Look at Putin's week. Okay, you had these sham referendums. And then today comes this ridiculous announcement that these four occupied regions of Ukraine will become part of Russia. I mean, it's a signal that he's willing to raise the stakes in war and in this Cold War against the West. Right now, there's people writing op-eds that we're already in World War Three. In the midst of this, you've got these explosions under the Baltic Sea, this just catastrophic attack on a major natural gas pipeline that goes from Russia to Germany. And it was deliberate. And it shows how, A, how delicate the infrastructure of energy is, but also who did it. You've got Tucker Carlson, and we'll play this clip later, going on Fox News, arguing that probably Joe Biden's behind it, which makes perfect sense, Tucker. Because, of course, Joe Biden's real goal for the midterms is to spend months getting gas prices to go down more and more every week and then raise them again right before. Yet, brilliant. You figured that all all by yourself, he who tucks. Then there's the battle for the Donbass reason in Ukraine's east. That's messy. The fighting is fiercer than ever. And now the Kremlin's pretty much admitting their military draft has a lot of problems, including the fact that recruitment centers have been attacked and thousands of men are fleeing the country. So how do you end a week like that? You give a batshit crazy speech in front of the world with your generals in Politburo standing and cheering your every move, announcing these four parts of Ukraine are now parts of your country. And then you go full batshit. He decried the United States for Satanism, and he kept talking about this existential battle with Western elites he called the enemy. This whole event today was supposed to be so Putin could get some good press about his incredibly bloody failed invasion of Ukraine, triumphantly announced this latest last ditch Hail Mary pass, annexing these four regions into the Russian Federation. But he couldn't keep it still, and he stopped talking about Ukraine and went full apocalyptic and made the entire speech about why every country in the world needs to rise up against America. Now, look, you want to talk about American imperialism? You want to talk about the evils of capitalism? I will sit there with you. I'll bring a bong if that's your thing. But Vladimir Putin kept talking about how we have to seize countries and occupy them so we can liberate them. And all this speech was about was diverting from the problems at home and making himself look desperate by trying to convince all the nations of the world that trans people in America are the real threat to freedom. It was one of the craziest things I've ever heard. He started with Ukraine. He compared the U.S. to Goebbels. He said this war is about protecting the West from trans people and protecting the world from the belief that there are two genders. He said the citizens of these four regions that now they're still partially controlled by Ukraine forces, by the way. (laughs) Russia doesn't have these yet, but he said they're now Russian citizens forever. He had a signing ceremony. Everyone chanted, Russia, Russia, Russia. He said, these people have made their choice. This is the will of the millions to thunderous applause. And then he said, southeastern Ukraine is actually part of Russia because the the country we used to be ruled it. That was part of the Russian Empire. And the Soviet Union, which doesn't exist anymore, fought to free Ukraine from the Nazis in World War II. So because previously we owned it, that means we own it now. You know what that means? Alaska. Watch the fuck out. (laughs) I mean, he's I guess he's saying that Mongolia now probably owns most of Russia, right? He went on about Hiroshima, Nagasaki, the bombings of German cities, the Korean and Vietnam War. He didn't. He just stopped mentioning Ukraine about 10 minutes into the speech. And it became nothing but like a Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire screed of hostilities against the West. The only people ready to live according to the U.S. rules, he said, are political masochists and other followers of non-traditional political relations. He made a gay joke. He said they invented genders and claim you can transition. Do we want this for our children? We have a different vision. Remind you of anybody more close to home? He said they have abandoned religion and embraced Satanism. Direct quote. Remind you of anybody here stateside? I mean, even by Putin's increasingly crazy in recent years standards, Vladimir Putin's the most sophisticated political mind of my lifetime. And it looks like he's losing it. The West has embraced Satanism. They forced drug addiction, gender ambiguity. He said, organized hunts of people as if they're animals. We do that. 
I, I, I think he just started watching Squid Game. I don't know, but he said, not only do Western elites deny national sovereignty and international law, their hegemony as a pronounced character of totalitarianism, despotism, and apartheid. This is the guy who's got mass graves in Ukraine. This is the guy who had 50,000 Chechens killed by his troops and lost 14,000 Russian troops in invading and conquering Chechnya. So there's going to be new sanctions. Oh, my God. They're going after anybody who has any companies or people who provide political or economic support to Russia. They're going after the head of one of Russia's biggest banks and freezing their assets. Biden said these actions have no legitimacy. Antony Blinken said the U.S. unequivocally rejects Russia's fraudulent attempt to change Ukraine's internationally recognized borders. Britain's foreign office announced a series of brand new sanctions. And Vladimir Zelensky, well, he handled it better than anybody. Because Zelensky waited till Putin's speech was done and then completely stole his thunder. He put out a video. He accused the Kremlin of trying to steal something that does not belong to it and said Ukraine will not allow that. And then announced they are applying for fast track membership to NATO. Exactly what the Russian government has for years tried to avoid. Exactly what this murderous invasion was supposed to prevent. And he stole the spotlight away from Putin. It was beautiful. And it was scary. Zelensky has now announced that he will not negotiate with Russia as long as Putin remains in power. Think about that. One of the greatest superpowers on earth invades his small country. And they have fought back amazingly. And now he's saying we will not. And Russia wants to have talks. Russia's trying to save face. Russia wants to declare a victory and get out. Zelensky said they will not do it as long as Putin is in power. Friends, this ends either with Vladimir Putin leaving or something very bad happens. Because Putin did mention towards the end of the speech that the U.S. was the only country to ever use nuclear weapons in war. And he then said, by the way, they created a precedent. You understand? Nukes are bad, but since the U.S. did it, we're justified in doing it to force Ukraine to surrender. He's trying to hate everyone who hates America behind Russia. You don't like atheists? You don't like trans people? You don't like gays? Talk to me. You don't like imperialism? If it's from America. You don't like elites? If it's from America. We're all oligarchs here. You don't like militarism? If it's from America? Talk to me. I mean, this, this guy's crazy. He has no army to back any of this war talk up. <laughs> He's talking about sex change operations to try to scare people into voting for him. Remind you of anybody close to home? People are mocking him, calling it insane, but it's the same exact text of the far right in every country around the world. And it's what we've been hearing all summer long from Republican candidates. It's like Trumpism, Orbanism. It's just anti far right. This is just what it sounds like coming from overseas directed at us. And I feel bad for Vlad. The whole plan was for Trump to get a second term. Because if Trump had a second term, then Trump would stay out of it if he invaded Ukraine. Trump would pull out of NATO. We knew he would. And Putin saw Trump lost, but he decided to go ahead through with it anyway. But he was talking about trans people while officially annexing invaded land. And to me, no matter who you are around the world, it makes Putin look scared, desperate, and weak. Anti-trans talk is his justification for annexing another sovereign country and threatening to use nukes. If it wasn't so horrific, it would be hilarious. He went to war because the West is telling people there are more than two genders. How weak is this man? How terrified is this man? You want to talk cognitive breakdowns. He's equating gender affirming care with Hiroshima. He said the West is moving to a radical attack on the basic values of the family. I swear to God, he's just watching Glenn Beck. He asked the citizens of Russia if they want father and mother to be replaced by parent number one and two. If they want their kids to be advertised of sexual deviations or to be trans. <laughs> a desire to undo popular elections and limit the rights of trans people. Let me tell you, in the South, Putin could run on that and win. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. Let's go to the phones. We're at 866-997-4748. Hello to Tom in Boston. Tom, welcome. Thanks for your patience on hold. Hi. How you doing? Uh, well, not too bad. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I am a big, okay. big, big Trump supporter. I, I love Donald Trump. He's okay. great. He's a constitutionalist. Yeah. He, he, uh, this, this before we have in the White House. No, he's not. World War, he's, he's, a he's not. He's a complete buffoon. He's causing World War Three. No, Donald Trump is not a constitutionalist. Tom, Donald, is, Donald Trump's not a constitutionalist. We, we have, we have an emoluments is. clause in the Constitution that says he can't. No, Tom, do you know what yes. the emoluments clause is? Do you know what that is? What is that? Yes. Tell me. Yeah. Hey, that's what, uh, what is the emoluments uh, clause uh, in the Constitution? My son d- destroyed the emoluments clause. He, 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 uh, no, he, uh, no, no, Brian, Bi- Biden's son, Biden's son is not the president. Biden's son is not the president. What is the emoluments clause? The emoluments clause is you know what it is? Use, uh, foreign governments to advance yourself, I, I believe. Yeah, or, or uh, domestically. Yeah, he, the president can't be bought off. It's trying to control that the president can only make money from his salary. And he right. didn't take a salary. So Donald Trump violated that. So he's not constitutionalist. He, he also lied to you 30,000 times. You know that, right? He, he lied to no, you 30,000 times when in office, right? He's the most honest president we've ever had. The most honest. This guy, Barack really? Obama lied every time he opened his mouth. And this guy here can't stop lying. Did he? He's a crook. This guy is a crook. And that's why hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, where was Barack? Tom, Tom, serious question. Tom, serious question. Where was Barack Obama born? He was born in Where's Hawaii. Where was Barack Obama born? He was born in Hawaii. Did it bother you that Donald Trump spread Donald Trump spread a racist lie for years that Barack Obama wasn't really one of us? Did that ever bother you? That lie? None at all. You know why? Because Barack Obama was not why? an American. He did not have the American ideals. But Barack was Obama was Barack Obama was born in Hawaii. No, it was a yes. it was a racist lie. Barack Obama was born in Hawaii. Well, it was a lie racist? he that's told for right. years with no, no evidence. This is, this is a country today. This is the least yeah. It was a racist, racist joke. Country in the world. No, it was a racist lie. No, Donald Trump's got a yeah, racist. It wasn't a racist no, lie. Donald Trump spread a lie that the first black president wasn't really one of us. Let me ask you a question. Do you agree that NFL well, yeah. players who respectfully kneel to protest racism are they sons of bitches who should be fired? Yes, because you only kneel to God. You don't kneel to the to the uh, to the, uh, the criminals. Black so kneeling matter. to protest rate. Oh, wait a second. Whoa, wait. Tom, hang on a second. Are you claiming to be Christian? Yes, I am. And I feel bad. I feel how bad do you reason you that? How can you follow? G- Tom, Tom, yes. how can you claim yes. Tom? You're, how can you pretend to follow Jesus and follow Trump at the same time? That's not possible. Trump is a, is, is, a, is is a Christian. He's the best Christian. You know, when the, uh, when no, he, he's went not. To, uh, no. know, he went to the United Nations, Tom, hey, they Tom, had, hey, Tom, a global warming. Yeah, no, you you're, know? you're, you're actually, I don't think you've ever read the Bible, Tom. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Tom, tell me one teaching of Jesus that Donald Trump has ever fought for in his life. One thing Christ teaches us in the Bible that Donald Trump isn't the opposite of. Give me one. Trump, uh, he went to, when he was one thing Jesus Nations, they had a global warming thing and he didn't go. He went to uh, read the religious thing about uh, the Christians. Does being, Jesus uh, say to not go to global warming things at the United Nations? Tom, 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 I, I don't think you I, I think that you're saying to be you're a Christian. I don't think you've read the Bible. Tell me one thing Jesus teaches us to do that Donald Trump 
fought for. One thing, because I see Donald Trump as being the opposite of what Jesus taught. I've read the Bible many times. I'm asking you to prove me wrong. Tell me, what, what Christ-like thing has Donald Bonnie, Trump done? Uh, what uh, teaching of Jesus motivated you? Bonnie, your fellow man. He said he was going to bring back torture. To he said he was going to... He tried to help people. He what? tried to help people in this country. No, he, he helped didn't. the middle class more than anybody. He, he, he turned away war refugees. Tom, Tom, yes. Tom, Donald Trump grabs women by the pussy. He said he was going to turn away war that. refugees, and he promised to bring back torture. How can you say that's Christian? He had she forced his hysterectomies of migrant women and stole children from migrant parents. There's nothing Christ-like in his entire agenda, Tom. I'm asking you to show me yes. you're not a silly person and you've really read the Bible. I'm sure you're a nice guy. Give me one teaching of Jesus, that something Jesus actually said. You seem to know the Bible, so tell me, educate me. One Christian thing, truly from Christ, that Donald love Trump your, gives a damn about. Love the brother and sister. That is you, you, yourself. He doesn't do that. How does he teach he it? How does he treat he immigrants? Is, he, how does Donald Trump treat immigrants? He tried to ban Muslims from entering the country. He, put a, he, he tried great, to build a wall keep, to keep... He loves no, immigrants. No, he doesn't. He Are you crazy? keep out no, illegal immigrants he said they were rapists he said they were rapists he doesn't hey uh tom has killed hundreds of thousands of people by joe biden has killed no 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 more people born in america commit more crimes than illegal immigrants and legal immigrants tom do windmills cause cancer (laughs) i have no idea but uh but uh, this is well donald trump said they did was he lying what I, I don't know what he. <laughs> Donald Trump he, said windmills cause cancer. He's he, a stupid liar. He, he Did Donald Trump sign the Vets Choice Act into law? Did Donald Trump sign? No, he's he's to... lied to you, Tom. Tom. Yeah, he says I, things that you like to hear, and he lies to you. That's how he manipulates you, Tom. Would you donate money to Trump University? Would you donate money to Trump University, Tom? Yes, I would donate anything to Trump. Now, Trump University. Yeah, again. No, 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 no. Yeah. Trump University. Again. Would you, Tom, Tom, would you donate money to Trump University? Trump University. Would you give them money? Well, let's say uh, that's, uh, it's, uh, you don't know if that's on the up and up. They're trying to make it bad. But Tom, why was Trump University right? shut down? Why was Trump University shut down, Tom? Well, some of the, the class, the, the class people, uh, the people went to the school. It it was was fraud, Tom. It was fraud. How much did Donald Trump have to pay? Tom, how much did Donald Trump have to pay for the... (laughs) Tom, he stole from veterans. Tom, you're in a cult. Donald Trump stole from veterans. Tom, you're in a cult. Donald Trump stole from veterans. Yes, he did, Tom. No, Tom, that's a lie. Tom, how much money did Donald Trump have to... Tommy, Tom... Tom, listen, yeah. I know facts upset you. How much money did Donald <laughs> Trump have to pay in fines for education fraud? Do you know? I'm guessing you I don't. Am, no, I don't really know. How much he did he have to pay? To pay something. $26 million dollars for ripping off Americans. No, he's not he's the most, most honest, honest president, president you've ever had. Ever had because you've been t- Why did he lie about Barack Obama not like being Jesus. born in America? Like Jesus Why did he lie? Like he is. No, Tom, Tom, we've already established about you read the Jesus parts. You're just waving that word around to seem virtuous. Did Michael Cohen pay Stormy Daniels one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars or did Trump? He's a he's a okay. Did Michael Cohen? Did Michael? Tom, Tom, I need to know that you can answer a question like a man. Did Michael Cohen pay Stormy Daniels one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars or did Donald Trump? Which one of those two? things? probably did. He probably did. From Which one Donald was it, Tom? To keep him quiet. To keep her quiet, because she was just a she was she was just a uh, hollering and wanted money, like like most of these women. Okay, so 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 Tom, when Donald they, Trump said, Tom, Tom, yeah. Donald Trump lied to you. He said Michael Cohen paid her the money. Then we found out he was lying and he paid the money. Come on. Well, I, guy, it doesn't matter. You, you know, know what, Tom? Was his representative. It does matter, Tom. Tom. Tom, he's a lying racist who steals from Americans. He's he not, not a Christian. A you haven't read the Bible. Matter of fact, when when that Tom, where was Barack Obama? Tom, he was investigated yeah. by Nixon's Justice Department for being racist in the 1970s. I get that the racism doesn't bother you, Tom. Whose no, knee upset no you more, Derek Chauvin? Tom, whose knee bothered you more? Who was the worst person, Derek Chauvin or Colin Kaepernick? Who made you more angry? 
They both was a bad man? Tom? Uh, Colin Kaepernick made me a little but who was worse? Because he was, uh, he had very successful. Oh, very Colin, successful, so, and he hated Tom, I want to thank you. You have proved, Tom, you just proved that you get more angry at protests against racism than you get angry at a racist murdering a black man. 866-997-4748. We're all related to someone like Tom. Floyd in Mississippi, hello. John, how are you this evening? Hi, Floyd. Great, how are you? I'm, I'm, first of all, you got to tell me, how much did you pay that guy to give you a call? That's incredible. Beautiful. That I is love so it. ignorant. Beautiful. That was so... Okay. I'm gonna, that guy's I'm, voting. That's a political... That guy's voting. Sure, he's just got paid. Look, look. No, he's not paid. No, no. These are our neighbors. These are our cousins. These are our Facebook relations. These people are out there. They're I, profoundly I've never met, They're profoundly I've never met misinformed. And Donald Trump tells them what they want to hear. I've never met anybody that ignorant in my whole life. Look, John, I called your well, show. Nothing political. Nothing political, okay? Okay. Not okay. Political. Are you sure? Because that guy I, warmed me up. Go I, ahead. Hey, then fire away whenever I get through with this. I'm on the phone with you right now. <laughs> how many people? How yes, many sir. people are behind me right now, waiting to get on the phone? Uh, about forty-seven. Excuse me. What's up? Uh, we got a few. You What's got going 40, on? You got forty-seven people <laughs> waiting online. Less than forty-seven. We got a few, and they're waiting to be on hold. So, what are we talking about? All right. Look, I, I, I know what the number is. Whenever I call, there's a certain amount of calls that are in queue, and. This is the problem I have, John. Whenever I call a show, and I call early, and I'm waiting in line, and I think that was like the, I'm the third person that you took. Whenever I call, and and I'm waiting, and I hear 12, 15, 16 people comment before they ever put me in queue, that means they're making me rest. That's what I like about your show. You will take my call, even though... I'm, I'm liable to say something that's not popular on your show, and that's why I commend you, and that's why I like you. Well, but, well, thank if, you. If, so so far, like, this has been stop, two minutes stop. of this has been two minutes of radio gold so far. So I'm glad you feel that way, Floyd. But uh, what's on your you mind tonight? I want to hear from you. First of all, I want to hear from you. So what's on your mind? Thank you. I'm glad I took your call. What are we talking about? What's on my mind right now is Chris. My heart goes out to Chris. Chris, you're a tough thank guy. You. You're tougher than a storm. I've been through many of these storms, generators without power. I've been through it many a times. You're a tough guy. I can't wait till you get back. My heart goes out to you. My prayers go out to you. Be safe. Be careful. Come back soon. Oh, thank you. That You know hey, what? That was John, so sweet. It's going to make Corey and Matt less mad at me for keeping that lunatic on too long in the last call. Thank you. Uh, you, you look, that guy's paid. You had to pay that guy. <laughs> You had to pay that. Paid. He's such an idiot. <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't know. I no, Look. no. The scary thing is, Floyd. He's not paid. He's a true believer. It's a cult. It's a cult. He's more offended by Colin Kaepernick's knee than by Derek Chauvin's. They will tell you what they are. I just keep him on the phone because it's funny to some, but it's real. It's, and there's a lot of them out there. Easy. And this is why we have to have it's a stronger easy. public education system. Yeah, John. You Floyd, and I stay safe this week. on. Later, buddy. Okay. All right. I got to hit a break. They're going to yell at me. I got the. I got these guys helping me on the show tonight because Chris is out. So uh, I'm not going to do anything to piss off Matt or Corey. I'm very grateful for them, and I'm very grateful for you. Quick break. We'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
right now, I am so pleased to welcome back a very good friend of the show. Now, I've been a fan of Julia Jeske since she was a, a comic, um, since she was a person with great stories about being a clown. Uh, but she has just taken her creative energies into a place that boggles me as a political comic. She's been researching and documenting the actions of the the Proud Boys, right? And that kind of put her in a league with a big network of journalists, which kind of shifted her career trajectory and sent her to the Craig Newmark School of Journalism at CUNY, where she got her master's. Now, Ms. Jeske operates Decoding Fox News, which you should follow on Twitter, where she watches endless hours of crypto-fascist content, so you nice folks don't have to. Follow her at Decoding Fox News. Julia Jeske, welcome back to the show. Oh, it's great to be back. So did I get the story right? Tell us, how was it that a nice person like you, a very funny, <laughs> uh, very good writer, wound up being chained to a TV, having to watch fascist propaganda and double talk and jive all day? I knew somebody who got radicalized. I didn't know her very well, but uh, she appeared on the Gavin McInnes show and friends mm. asked me to keep an eye on her. That turned into me becoming obsessed with the Proud Boys and wanting to stop them. Uh, I recognized the danger in that group very early on. And then I started working with journalists and I just very briefly watched all 407 episodes and still have them of the Gavin McInnes show. I still have them on a huge hard drive. Wow. He's, he, he is single <laughs> though, right? Because he's single now, I think. Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'm just thinking. Um, <laughs> I think he's still married, Julia, but yeah. What, that would what, be a match what, made what in heaven. <laughs> what, what do Americans need to understand about the Proud Boys? It's a uh, it's steeped in misogyny and white supremacy, even though they won't really openly admit the white supremacy. Um, but he basically says they're Western chauvinists. And in the same I have a clip of him saying, well, when I say West, what I really mean is white. And he goes on and on about that. He elaborates upon, you know, that that idea. So there de- and there's I have countless clips of him saying racist things and the N word and calling Barack Obama a monkey. Um, that's a very famous clip that I I yeah. was the one that found it. So, yeah, he's horribly racist. He won't admit it, but he's horribly, horribly racist. And the group is is far more. And, they, you know, they incentivized violence. You could work your way up in the group if you got in a fight or got arrested for the cause. That's the uh, like the fourth grade, the fourth phase of the Proud Boys. So, yeah, they're a very dangerous group and they're not a drinking you know, group like they try to say. And just because they have a few members of color doesn't mean that they aren't racist. They're very, very racist. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting seeing how high they got in terms of the halls of power. And it's been very fascinating for me wondering what's going to happen with the Proud Boys and Donald Trump, because they're going to cut the guy loose at some point, aren't they? I mean, you're going to see people who decide they'd rather be unloyal to Trump than actually go to jail for their crimes. Yeah. I mean, I think what tends to happen uh, my sister's probably listening, but she's a criminal defense attorney and she's made jokes her whole career about how people will just immediately start stabbing each other in the back when they're actually faced with, you know, a, a prison sentence. The, the, the yeah. idea that they always stay, you know, loyal and true is complete nonsense. Well, I want to I want to play a few clips that you have pulled over the last couple of weeks, because I always like checking out your account to see what it is on Fox that is grabbing your attention. <laughs> I mean, I, I do watch. I watch more than any healthy person in a relationship probably <laughs> should. But I, I, I got to say, um, they don't seem I mean, they're always panicked, right? They're always having to portray an era of panic that this is how all fascists do it. You have to be under siege at all times. And there's Mexican people at the border who want to mow your lawn. And that's why your job got outsourced to China. Uh, there's trans children who want to use a bathroom they feel comfortable with. And that's why Putin just had to invade Ukraine. You know, it's always some existential threat. They don't seem too terrified about the midterms. They don't. I mean, they they also openly, brazenly shill for various Republican candidates all over the country. They have them on and they don't hide it. They don't say, oh, we just want to talk to you. How is your race going? They're like, hey, viewers, you need to vote for this person. And this person's in Oregon and they're two points away and da, 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 da. And they use uh, polling. It's very suspect because if you look at like 538 or if you look at like more places that have a lot of polls that don't just go with one random poll it these races aren't that close but fox will find the one poll that makes it look like it's a dead heat and then they show that on air and then it again it's like they don't they're basically an arm of the gop they don't even hide the fact yeah i've never seen anything like that on another news channel ever 
I think the GOP is an arm of them at this point. Uh, yeah. Although my theory has always been, Juliet, that, you know, I think Fox News secretly roots for Democrats to win because their ratings are a lot better. They're, they do a lot better being the hate Biden, hate Obama channel than they do being the defend Bush, defend Trump channel. I, I always talked about when Barack Obama, the week he was first sworn in, both Hannity and O'Reilly were given four year deals. I mean, they sell the GOP, but their real bias is towards ratings and they do a lot better if there's a Democrat in power. It's just easier for them to smear instead of defend. It's so true. And because right now that is incredibly true. They've been soaring in the ratings and Hannity's actually dropping, um, uh, which has been very interesting to watch. They're, the the audience is going more towards Tucker, which Tucker is, you know, mm-hmm. the craziest of the primetime hosts and says the most outlandish things. Let's talk about Tucker. I, there's a couple of clips I want to play. Um, Corey, let's go with the one where this is Tucker, um, who's really angry about the Nord Stream uh, uh, pipeline explosion. He's so angry, he's going to use his airtime to bravely share word for word Vladimir Putin propaganda about Nord Stream. Give a listen to He Who Tucks. Pipelines blew up recently. It was sabotage, the biggest act of industrial terrorism maybe ever. We know who probably didn't do it. Whatever you think of him, Vladimir Putin, he may be evil, but he's not stupid. Those were his pipelines. Russia paid for them. And critically, they gave Russia leverage over the rest of the world in the middle of a war. Those pipelines are what they plan to use to sell gas to Europe. So why would Putin blow up his own most important asset? So who did this? Well, we don't know. We do know it was just a few months ago that Joe Biden promised to, quote, bring an end to those pipelines. <laughs> if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But but how will you how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will. uh, I promise you we'll be able to do it. Tucker, you really think that sounds like a threat that? I mean, a Polish lawmaker who's married to Ann Applebaum of the Atlantic and close friends of Joe Biden. We. Yeah, we could we can we can silence Tucker. Oh, that feels so good. Um, you know, what amazes me about it, Juliet, is that he's really suggesting that after what, like 30 straight weeks of dropping gas prices, Joe Biden's fiendish master plan for the midterms is to make gas prices go up again. And that's why he would commit an act of sabotage against his own self-interest. It just I, I mean, if you think about it for 20 seconds, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And there's it literally just happened. There's no physical evidence of anything. He takes a comment. And if you listen to that comment, that's why I was so crazy about that comment is Biden. There's no sense of like, I will destroy you in the comment that he made. He just says, no, it's not going to happen. So it's yeah. casual. And so. Yeah. And then yeah. in another clip, the first night it happened, Tucker had made a comment that he goes, well, blow up. And it, Biden never said blow up. You can't just stick words yep. in the man's mouth and then and claim that that's evidence. <laughs> it's it's just it's outrageous. Let, let me play you maybe my favorite Tucker clip of the week. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Hurricane Ian is happening. And uh, boy, howdy. Tucker Carlson is so angry that liberals would ever use a disaster to advance any kind of political agenda. Here's a clip of Tucker decrying that while pushing multiple political agendas notice how like all tv presenters the claim is never proven they never show you how it's true they just assert it okay maybe that's a different clip but there's tucker he's doing great you know he's not going to face any consequences he's his pay is never going to be affected and you know he just brings in so much revenue uh as it is he, he's not going to be hurt by boycotts. I mean, this guy's just going to keep on doing what he does, and there's not going to be any consequences. Is he the most dangerous figure at Fox News? A hundred percent. And that clip, I, there's probably a technical issue with it, but basically what I did is I, I took a 15-minute yeah. long um, monologue, and I reduced it down to one and a half minutes. It's on my Twitter, and um, it basically mm-hmm. he talks about China. He talks about um Immigration in the United States, our southern border. He talks about an overreach of our government. Meanwhile, throughout the monologue, he keeps saying 
these Democrats are politicizing this hurricane. And that's exactly what he does. And that's what I why I condensed it down to a minute and a half to prove that. And he's definitely the most dangerous one of your edits in a second. But let me let me go to the phones. Dylan is calling from New Mexico. Dylan, what are your thoughts on the uh, the Nord Stream attack? Welcome. You're on with Juliet Jeske. Hey, John. How you guys doing? Um, Well, hey, how are you? Here's what I I think. One first off, I want to get this off my chest is that um, I do respect Russia for winning World War II for us. I, I think they played a huge part in I do World too. War II victory. Not not to say what they're doing is right at all, but that is definitely that they're sort of undercut for that. One one thing that that I know that they the Russians love Putin, and I don't know why, but they love him. My coworker. She lived in Russia. She's Russian. She lived in Russia, um, you know, back when uh, Putin was first elected, back, you know, back when the, the, the okay. wall came down and everything. And she she right. voted for <laughs> um, she voted for Putin and she was proud of it. And, mm-hmm. I, and I questioned her, I was like, well, really, are you really happy that you uh, you helped get this dictator to the spot where he's at right now? to help him, you know, be the mass murderer that he is. And uh, and she was all about yeah. it because he helped the economy and helped, you know, help them get off uh, the economic struggle that they had. So, the, I the mean, that's interesting because Russian, Putin, you know, look, I... I, I Putin led to an incredible influx of, of Western business, and the Russian people are very angry to not have their Starbucks and Ikeas right now. But I don't think anybody would call what Putin governs over as being capitalism. It is just straight-up oligarchy where a handful of billionaires control everything. Uh, it is like our capitalism on steroids. And maybe that's why our right-wingers, Juliet, like it so much over there. Yeah, it's a, yeah, definitely an autocratic a government. He's a dictator. Their elections are not free. Um, So your friend may have voted for him, but he was going to win that election anyway, because that's how Russia does it. Exactly. I also want to point out it was the Soviet Union in World War Two, which is not the same thing as Russia. Um, There was other provinces that were part of the Soviet Union. So I just want to respect the entire country and not just say Russia. Sorry. Had to do that. Right on. Good point. Good point. And a co-worker, co-worker, not a friend. Um, Okay. And. (laughs) Yeah, and and also uh, it, it is true that uh, the Soviet Union really helped win the war, but they also uh, the, the the way they were able to do it was just horrific. The, you know, the the amount of lives they lost um, through them and through Germany as well. It was just it was horrible. But millions um, and millions, I, the, the millions problem, and millions. No, yeah, yeah. millions, like twenty four yeah. millions, about twenty four million people. Staggering number. Yeah. 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 Very, very, very much so. Um, but the the thing is, it's going to be really hard for them to get Putin out unless someone takes him out. I I think. And and what would happen exactly. if someone did take him out, assassinate him? I I have no idea what that would lead to. It might lead to something worse. Well, we but, we know that a hundred a hundred five years ago they did it. We know 105 years ago they did it, and 31 years ago, 32 <laughs> years ago, they tried to do it. That's what got Boris Yeltsin, yeah. uh, you know, running the country. So we, we do know that Russians know how to have a palace revolution when they get a mind to it. And it's, when I see so much media, state-run media, criticizing Putin, which I never thought I'd see in my life, I, I wonder what's afoot over there. Yes. Dylan, thank you very much for the call. I, I appreciate it very much. I want to I move on because, Juliet, I've got to play this clip. Uh, I, I want you to set this up. This is your two-minute edit of Donald <laughs> Trump in his deeply um, unhinged interview. Is it interview? Uh, intervention with Sean Hannity the other yes, night. Yes, this is one um, of my favorite edits ever. <laughs> please, tell us tell us why. It's very um, So I found out about this interview after it aired. I went to the grocery store. I wasn't covering Hannity this week. I switched my primetime shows every week. And so I saw it right as I got home and I went, that I'm doing it, I'm doing it. So I captured it and spent hours turning, it's it's actually only half an hour if you take out all the other stuff from the episode. It's only an actual half hour of him on day one of him interviewing uh, Trump. I also did day two. I don't know which edit you have, but it doesn't okay. matter. And then I it takes a couple hours to do these. I took that half hour, I reduced it down to just the, the highlights of two minutes and it's quite funny okay and uh people got a kick out of it Corey, if you're ready here's the audio this is 
Trump's entire interview with Hannity the other night, the really cuckoo one. This is the top (laughs) two minutes. Make America great again is under attack. I'm a person with common sense. You're talking about nuclear weapons, which is the biggest threat in the world today by far. If you look at the Green New Deal, millions of people are in our country now that shouldn't be here. Uh, The bad ones I would deport. Millions and millions of people have, they're poisoning our country. You know, if we got the price of oil down, Putin would stop. I wouldn't even have to talk to him. And Europe is going to dump us. You watch. He said, but why, but why do you send me a picture of my house? I said, you'll have to figure that one out. He said, I understand your excellency. And he called me your excellency. I don't know if he calls Biden, but I will tell you this. I took out the two worst people in the world. The media said, why does he call this person? That's where the action is. We didn't lose one soldier in 18 months. Now, I have to fight. I'm under siege and I'm running a country. (laughs) Look at what we did for the pandemic. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. What? In 1917, where you had a very serious virus, the level of anger in this country is incredible. Got along very well with Kim Jong-un. How dare he call him brilliant? He's the enemy. No, we send the guard in against the governor's wishes. If you want to have men playing in women's sports, 60 to 90 days out before an election, nobody gets attacked. They attacked me. My poll numbers what? went up for the two phony impeachments, the two fake impeachments. We even have Space Force. You know how important Space Force? Remember when they took over, they laughed at Space Force. You see Pulitzer Prizes going to people that got Russia, Russia, Russia totally wrong. Yeah. It was China's gift to us, okay? A horrible gift. Go all over Hollywood and try and get somebody to play the role of President Xi, the president of China. There is what? no actor like that. What? Macron, what? like I could name so many of them, like Putin, but of course right now he's having a different kind of a spell. Putin's having a hard time. This country's not gonna survive. Oh my God. Do you know, darling, nobody's ever booed. I've never heard anybody booing you before. Here's the big finish. Oh, yeah. That's it. There nutty, we go. That's, nutty. that's Donald Trump's top t- two minutes. Make America. Yeah. Something even better than this. You did something better than this, Juliet. You did my favorite thing a journalist can do. You made a master cut of something else from this interview <laughs> that Donald Trump does often when he's having conversations. If you've ever noticed, Donald Trump, for some reason, um, has the sniffles quite a bit, even in nice weather when he doesn't seem to have a cold. What did you do to highlight the fact that he sure does seem to have something stuck in his nasal cavity? Well, I just took out all the sniffs of him going and um, it was surprisingly longer than you'd think. It was like 35 seconds of just and that was tricky because I had to go through that several times because sometimes an inhale sounded like a sniff. But man, when you you heard a true sniff, it was just money. All right. It's it's very important to me to be fair to Donald Trump. Well, our motto here is fair and biased. So we're going to play your cut, just Donald Trump's sniffing during his sit down with Hannity, which is a bit ironic since Hannity's pretty much got his nose in a certain place the entire time. But uh, listen to this and tell us if it sounds like he's just having a very healthy intake of breath or if he's getting something. Here it is. Here's my question. Did you ever... And you, Sean, um, if you, uh, now, I said, welcome to the world of politics, right? How long did it take you to make that? That took a couple, that took, I don't remember. Um, I, at least that is the full hour long uh, video just sniffs. It was probably a couple hours to do that one because it was hard it's to beautiful. hear the sniffs. I had to go through it a few times to make sure I wasn't getting an inhalation. It's funnier visually too because you could see him going, and of then course. I mean, it's and just if, they, if people, if anyone goes to decoding Fox News on the Twitter, they'll be able to to see that. Of course. Oh yeah, it's it's on Twitter. Yeah, that one that one let did me, really really take, well. I think seventy thousand views. Let me take a call, and then I want to go over a couple more Fox clips with you, because you know what? This is cleansing for me. I feel like I'm actually excising the worst parts of fascism from my week on a Friday. Let me go to Jay in North Carolina. Jay, thanks for your patience on hold. Welcome. You're on with Juliet from Decoding Fox News. 
Hi, Juliet. Hi, John. So um, I'm originally from New York, and um, I remember the good old days. I was a half a mile from where that uh, rape scene happened happened in Central Park. And um, I think, John, you remember. And, and Trump took out that ad. Of course. Was it the New York Times? Okay, and I think he called for the death penalty. Now, 20 he years did. later. He demanded the death. By the way, I'm sorry. This was before there was a trial. And he demanded the death penalty for these young black boys uh, that, that we call the exonerated five. Some call the Central Park five. Uh, after they were exonerated due to a confession and DNA evidence, Donald Trump still maintains they're guilty of something again christians <laughs> this is your guy correct and of course now we have dna evidence that you know they found someone who was the actual culprit so correct. um you know tom sounds like a nice guy i mean I, i'm not trying to demonize people the gentleman who called no, before yeah no you know you no, you don't but i'm just suggesting that um you know, those of us who were close to the situation, I never had a, 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 any horse in the game with Trump one way or the other in New York. But, you know, sometimes I liked him, sometimes I didn't. But we know our story. We know the stories about Trump. And yeah. there's a million of them. And that's just one. And it goes on and on. And it's a microcosm for what he was, what he is and what he was many, many years later. And, you know, yes. in, in spades. But again, I, I bet someone like our friend Tom from Boston wouldn't care. I bet it wouldn't bother him at all that mm-hmm. Donald Trump demanded the death penalty for black boys who was who were later proven innocent. That wouldn't be a deal breaker. But, you know, it's interesting um, because that's yet another one. Juliet, I was doing an event with Bernie Sanders a couple of years ago about the death penalty, and I didn't really have much to say about Trump and the death penalty until Bernie reminded us all. No, it was Trump mm-hmm. who demanded the death penalty in a full page ad. And yeah. that was just to gain yeah. power. I mean, his whole career, whether he was a Democrat or when he was in the Reform Party, because he ran for them <laughs> for president first, or as a Republican, it's never been about public service. Everything he does in his life, and Juliet, back me up on this, is either 100%. for sex or for money or for compliments. That's yeah. That's it. That's why he still holds these huge rallies. He held them when he was president. I mean, it's, it's madness. He just wants to hear cheers and people, you know, uh, worshiping him. It's he's a total. I believe he's a complete sociopath who is mm-hmm. a narcissistic personality disorder all the way. There's something seriously okay, wrong as, with him as as a narcissistic sociopath myself. I find that <laughs> offensive on behalf of the community. Um, you, you know what? I wonder a part of me thinks that he's not going to run uh, when he sold the hotel in D.C. That was my my tell. He's not going to run again. This bribe hole hotel. But he likes the RNC paying his legal bills. How long mm-hmm. can he keep this Hamlet game up, Juliet? A lot of us thought he would announce a run for president before we got to midterms. I was wishing he would, but I'm not sure he's really running. Well, I heard a theory, and I think that there's some weight to this, that he, I can't remember which uh, journalist said it, but they said that they didn't think he would run because he couldn't stand losing again. Like, that would be such a, mm. you know, even though he's convinced himself that he really won in 2020, the idea that he yeah. could lose again, his ego couldn't take it. So that was right. their theory. And I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. Um, I, That's why I, I want him asked, to run. That's why I want him. He yeah. could be the first man in history, Juliet, to lose the popular vote three times. Three Only times. he can do it. <laughs> Well, and that's what's funny on Fox is they always act like everybody's MAGA. And when you watch their shows, they're just like, the American public loves Trump. And I'm like, no, they don't. Yeah. If you look at his approval yeah. ratings, they never were very high. He never, he, I think, briefly broke 50 percent, went right back down in the 40s. And there's this huge like most, you know, I would say there's got to be a large portion of people who voted for Biden simply because Biden wasn't Trump. Let's be honest. Exactly. Even if of you course. love Biden, I mean, people were just so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> People like yeah. him, but they voted for him because he wasn't Trump. He, yeah, that's the most popular thing about him. And he got more votes than any presidential candidate for any office in our country's history. Yes. So that's the thing that Fox seems to just blatantly ignore, that there's people out there who hate him with a passion. It's not just, yeah. oh, I don't like him. It's just and I think swing voters now are just so fed up with the constant drama. Like we can't. Jay, can't I will give just... you the last word. Jay, oh, you still I'm with sorry, us? What? Yeah, I that's okay. I'll give you that. the last word. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I agree with all of it. And the last thing I was going to say is I can't tell you how many contractors I know who was ripped off by Trump. And things we're hearing years later, I knew yesterday, you know. Yeah, it that's was, why I asked this guy. 
We had a Trump. T- Thank you so much for the call, Jay. Julia, we had a Trump uh, true believer from Boston call. And I said, would you donate money to Trump University? And of course he would. And he knew nothing about why Trump University isn't a thing anymore. He didn't. The, the number twenty six million dollars meant nothing to him. Wow. I didn't even get started on the Trump Foundation. They don't know they're in a bubble. It works. Well, because Fox doesn't tell them. They don't. Yeah. I know. I want to play another clip from Fox that you shared that I hadn't seen. It comes from really last week, but this is uh, about all the, you know, we, we can talk all the time about the morality of what Ron DeSantis did with these um, asylum seekers in our country legally waiting for their court dates that he used COVID funds to dump off in Martha's Vineyard without telling anybody they were arriving. And the right wing had a field day with defending this and saying Biden does the same thing. You had a clip of Charlie Hurt on Fox News talking on Martha's Vineyard. And I just couldn't believe the amount of falsehoods in one segment. Can we play that, Corey, please? Yeah, they, they wanted all their selfies as they deported them uh, and basically what? put them in cages on a military base off their island. No, uh, no it really cages. is extraordinary. And it- so this is where the migrants are staying. Does it look like cages? Is Charlie Hurt saying our military lives in cages? There's also a field hospital at this facility. This is the U.S. mainland, so no one was deported. Martha's Vineyard is not another country. Sure beats sleeping on a cot in the attic of a church. Hmm. Yeah, and the image is basically... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I do that because I have a, a few uh, people who can't see who are my followers on Twitter. They're blind and mm-hmm. they've asked okay. me to add audio and it actually really helps. Um, and what you can't see in that image is basically they show barracks and they're perfectly fine. They don't look anything like a prison. They look no. pretty comfortable. They look pretty those, nice. Those those. Those migrants, and by the way, they were moved there by a Republican governor. I haven't heard anybody on Fox say that. They keep calling them yep. illegals. That's a lie. Um, yep. But they were they were put into the same barracks where Massachusetts took in Southern folks who were displaced by Hurricane Katrina. I mean, it's just dirty on every level and the lies about it on every level. Let me bring in our friend Mitch from Kent State. Mitch, welcome. You're on Sirius XM with our good friend Julia Jeske from Decoding Fox News. How are you, sir? talk about really john was um when trump had that rally here in youngstown our yeah. secretary of state franklin rose attended that rally uh you know he oversees our state's elections you know and it continues to undermine the confidence in in, in the voters i believe and doing this you know it, it's just obvious that uh it, it's complicit and uh you know because the, the damage trump has done i mean does isn't there some kind of a standard or some kind of a you know, I, I just I can't believe that uh, this guy would attend this rally and, and still, yeah. you know, uh, independent, I guess, you know, as far as yeah. our elections here in Ohio. Uh, how can you, you know, how can he uh, talk out both sides of his mouth like that? I just don't understand uh, how he can, uh, you know, even be part of that uh, rally. Or part I mean, of that, Ju- uh, Ju- I, Julia, this is what I call this is what I call what the fuck fatigue. That I think people are so, <laughs> our outrage circuits are burned out and we're so, oh, what the fuck? No one's ever tried. It's so brazen. It's out in the open. Maggie Haberman, you know, her book just reported that, yeah, Trump just made up, uh, I won't release my taxes and I'll lie and say it's because I'm under audit. And they all accepted that. And they just went forward with it. And the mainstream media never held him to account. It's just, he can snowball us because nobody was ready for this. Well, I, I somebody called it uh, like the wall of chaos it, that he just keeps yeah. throwing more and more Flooding crazy at you. And you can't yeah. it's like you're constantly putting out a fire and then you're then you're like, wait, what just happened? And Fox does that, too, to a, a lesser degree. I can watch one 15 minute monologue of Tucker Carlson and fact check 30 things in it. You know, it, and you can't constantly you just, to try to keep up with it is impossible. And that's right. the same technique. It's the same technique. Mm. Mitch, I give you the last yeah. word. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the other thing was, John, on, if I could real quick, on debates. Please. I think the, the, one Please. of the reasons why it seems like a lot of Republicans are, don't want to debate, because it, it's, it's their badge of honor not to show up 
uh, is there a way of uh, sticking a you know sticking a uh, finger up to, uh, to the media? To no, the that's what they say, Mitch. That's what they say. <laughs> they don't want to show up because showing up is going to get them fewer votes. They're guaranteed to get a certain chunk of the right wing white vote that's going to show up no matter what. Conservatives are really good at two things: redistribution of wealth to the richest people who don't need it, and getting white people to show up and vote for this bullshit. So if they show up and debate and they're shown up because they're shills and have no ideas, that's not going to help them. It, 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 they won't do any worse if they don't debate. So they have nothing to lose. They have something to lose if they show up and put their money where their mouth is because they're frauds. Right. I mean, all they want is their soapbox, no contest at all, just to have their soapbox and spew their, uh, their, uh, I know. their, their garbage. That's why I think every debate should be on PBS, and they should, have them every, they should have debates on PBS every week, because that's the only time people will get some critical thinking on this. Once they're in office, people go back to their news and just get the affirmation they need. Mitch, I thank you for the call. Julia Chesky, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. What is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your fabulous work? Um, I, my podcast is available wherever podcasts are now. I finally got that fixed. Decoding Fox News. I also have a Substack, Decoding Fox News, yes. Twitter, Decoding Fox News. Boom. <laughs> are you getting out of the house? Are you get? I just need to know you're getting Not out of often. the house. And having, having... <laughs> I kind of work nonstop. <laughs> my God, you're like a martyred saint. Juliet, thank you very much. Thanks for all you do. Let's do this again. It's fun playing clips yes. with you. I appreciate it. Thanks Quick so much. Break. Thank you. We'll be right back after this. This is Progress. Hey, let's go to our good friend, Bill in New Jersey. Bill, welcome. You're on Progress. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Okay, good. I Hi. Just wanted to, I just wanted to uh, pay a quick tribute to Ellie Wiesel, whose birthday Please. is today. And what an incredible person he was. And uh, what an incredible writer as well. What an incredible writer. He just, I mean, just a gifted writer. Yeah. Yeah. He came out of Auschwitz. He watched his family being killed and uh, he just went the right way. And, uh, you know, he said that um, never again isn't just for the Jews. It's for the whole world. And yes, uh, my favorite quote of his is, you must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence Neutrality encourages is... the tormentor and never the tormented. That quote is painted in five foot high letters on a wall uh, at the um, uh-huh. down in down in uh, Alabama at the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's it's yeah, you know, mm-hmm. neutrality helps the mm-hmm. oppressor always. Right. And, and then just one quick thing. I wanted to mention the Muglatonians. Muglatonians, excuse me. They were a Christian sect in 17th century England that was started by two tailors, one of whom was named Muggleton, so it became the Muglatonians. Muggletonians avoided oh. all forms of worship or preaching, met only for discussion and socializing. The movement was egalitarian, apolitical, pacifist, and resolutely avoided evangelism. This is the 17th century. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. That. Sects and the single church. Bill, we have to run for our break. This is Progress. Progress.